LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one gospel-centered ministry resource tip every week. I'm Scott Sanders and with me is Derek Hanna, live from Brisbane. Live from Brisbane, that's right. That's right. We've, we're, uh, with, with the coronavirus happening, we've been moving to recording this um, online uh, and so normally we're together in a studio, which makes for, can I just say, a much better experience. Recording, um, recording live with you is a lot better than uh, being online. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. I think that's a compliment, that's Scott. <laughs> Derek doesn't like that intimacy, so so we're going to try and br- bring him out over the next few weeks and get him modelling, being vulnerable and being intimate online. Wow, Gee, tune in for that, that'll be great. But we are talking about far more uh, important <laughs> things than that today. Um, uh, we're following the Sunday, the first Sunday, where most of our churches have pivoted to being online, gathering in a whole number of ways, and have worked through the process once, have scrambled, just done unbelievably well get something happening on the Sunday. And now there's that bit of reflection to say, what happened, how did it go? What are we doing moving forward? So that's what we're going to talk about today. So uh, yeah, Derek, we both had the opportunity to not only be part of our own church families uh, and experience kid church online for the first time, but also experience uh, youth. I, I got the chance to experience youth as well with my, um, my oldest daughters. Uh, but we also spent the time on Sunday checking out a whole bunch of other different churches and what they did as well. So, so Let's let's get some of your uh, initial reflections, Derek. Yeah, well, my initial reflection was I was uh, amazed at how well people did to get something happening on the weekend. Uh, and overall, the ones, the churches that I dipped into, probably about uh, about ten or eleven different churches that I dipped into, at points and some I've watched retrospectively as well. Yeah, there some very thoughtful adjustments to meeting and gathering online that that we've learned from and that we'll kind of kick around today. But just very yeah, very thankful for the ability. Yeah, it was, it was great to see um, volunteers come in with, with media resources, with equipment. Uh, I spoke to a couple of planters today. They, they talked about how, you know, they were scrambling on Thursday, Friday, and, and we're amazed to get it up on, uh, you know, on, on, on Sunday. They, you know, they did their live testing on Saturday, which was, you know, really helpful to see people being, you know, planned and prepared. And, and one thing that's come out is actually just seeing the body work. Uh, you know, seeing seeing church communities bring in you know different strengths, uh, you know, from and and giftedness from the church family. So that's been uh, really encouraging to see. You wrote an article, um, you know, sharing some of these reflections, uh, and and I guess one of the first sort of big points you you raise is make sure people can find you online. Yeah, we're going to you know, take everything with a grain of salt um, because people pivoted so quickly in this, but. One of the things that I was scooting around, trying to have a look at a whole bunch of churches, some I know, some I don't know, was how is it I find out what's happening and I, how I connect with them? Are they having a gathering on Sunday? Because some did. Some churches were much smaller than 100 did and they were legally allowed to. Uh, but I didn't know whether they were. I couldn't find them online. So the first thing I, I want to say to people, this, you know, this week as we gear up for everything online, uh, just that question of can people find you online? Do they know what's happening and how to do it? Is abs- that'll be absolutely key. So communicate, communicate, communicate. And our website page, again, even for the outsider and the insider, is often the first point of call. With the insider, you, you can communicate, obviously, using your Facebook channels, uh, using email as well. Uh, and, and, and for some of us in some of our communities, it is going to be calling people up for the first time. 
uh, and, and letting them know, you know, people who aren't online or aren't uh, connected to the internet. So I think, um, I think that's, that's helpful. The other, the other big communication space that we don't think about is actually out front of our church. Um, so I saw some really helpful uh, signs being displayed during the week, you know, people putting up, you know, church is still meeting, we're still gathering, we're just going to do it in this context. Uh, Barney's in Sydney had a great sign up uh, that, that also talked about their wanting to, uh, to care for the community as well. So keep remembering that you need to communicate. Now, an important part of communication, though, is clarifying who you're speaking to. And that's your second point, Derek. What do you mean? Isn't it obvious? Aren't we just talking to just the same people we were talking to before? Well, yeah, maybe. But I suppose my point, as I put it down here, is whereas online, for those who might have live streamed something online previously, the audience online was a secondary order audience. The primary audience were the people sitting in front of you. So, because we want everyone to gather, come. And so, if you live streamed, it might be for people who are housebound or for some other good reason, but you were focusing on the people in front of you. And so as we move entirely to online and that being our primary audience, I, I suppose we need to reorient how we do our preaching, how we do our leading, how we do our music as well. So let's just take leading and preaching, for example, making announcements. But it does mean because our primary audience is all online, there might be some people in the room who are kind of supporting us, helping us go. They're not our primary audience. The people are our primary audience at the moment are the people down the other end of that camera. So you've got to speak as if you're speaking to a person of one sitting on the other side. You've got to look down the camera. Now, that, that's really helpful. So understanding you're in a new environment, it's the online environment, people are in a computer screen. A number of, I saw a number of church, church families uh, gather together with sort of two or three people in, in community groups. Probably, you know, from this week going forward, this might be harder to do now that we're being encouraged to, uh, you know, socially distance and physically uh, separate ourselves out. So more and more, it could be just people sitting in the in the one-on-one uh, -on -one computer space definitely for my daughters you know they all were given a device and they were all you know able to look at the screen and interact um, personally there one of the other things that i want to sort of think about in clarifying who you're speaking to a number of churches thought about speaking to two audiences so they still had a welcome to the outsider a welcome to the newcomer uh, I, I spoke to a number of churches encouragingly today uh, on the phone they, they mentioned that they had probably the most, you know, sort of non-Christian that they've had in their gatherings over the last few weeks. So a number of pastors said that people found it a lot easier to just do a simple invite and, uh, and their friends actually jumped in or people actually gathered with their families. They were stuck, you know, they were stuck in Canberra or stuck in Brisbane and, uh, and couldn't move. And so they were with their families and they said, hey, why don't you come to church with me? And, uh, and so there was an easy invite there. So as we're thinking about as well who we're speaking to online, I think it's worthwhile thinking through what is there for the newcomer, what is there for the person who's not connected in with the church family, and how can we actually uh, engage and follow them up post, post the meeting. Now, again, I do want to say it was great that people just got online this weekend. This is, you know, this is thinking into you know, something on top. Most churches don't even do this at the best of times when they're meeting up live. Uh, but here's an opportunity online to be thinking, okay, how can we engage with the, uh, with the outsider? What are the, the things in the... Um, in the service uh, that, that can really help them, you know, engage with God's word uh, and engage with God's people as well. So I thought you made some helpful points as well about just, you know, acknowledging the differences, setting the guidelines. So, you know, acknowledging actually to the audience that this is a new way of meeting. It's not normal, you know, helping people, you know, understand how to, how to interact with the chat bar on the side. Uh, they're just sort of online meeting things that you and I take for granted because we do these lots, but actually, uh, it, it's actually helpful to orient, orientate people 
uh, in the online meeting space as well. Uh, I thought setting up a counter prior to people joining in was a really helpful thing, especially for kids to build that energy and that excitement, but also to share stories of what's been happening in church life. So a number of churches had photos. They had little, um, you know, 30-second videos from the kids' church leader saying about kids' church. They really used that sort of lead-up time well and built that, um, built that excitement as well. Uh, the other thing is how do, you, how do you get interaction and connection in the meeting space? So what were, what were sort of two or three ways that people can get intimacy and connection in the, uh, in the online space, Derek? Yeah, I think this is going to be one of the most important things moving forward. As we are forced to self-isolate, we want connection. And so how do we create that in this uh, semi-artificial space? Just a few things I was thinking. One is when I saw people interviewed live, that was powerful. Really so why, powerful. Why was that? Why was that? Because you're not normally an emotional guy. So why did, why did that you know, bring out the emotions for you? Well, I didn't say it was emotional. Um, <laughs> Well, well, it was because it wasn't an emotional weekend watching this stuff. Uh, so mm. for all, all the churches we've watched and, and particularly the planters we know, um, the churches we know, it was moving to see them preach from the heart to their people that they love and the people interviewed in the churches hearing about the impact of this. So it is, I think we're all feeling the impact. So to have someone else real time echo that for us as well and connect us to that was really powerful. So Yeah, I think you can do that pre-recorded and you can do it live as well. I think. People needed to hear those stories, didn't they? That was that was a powerful moment in our in our sort of church service where where one of the yeah one of the church members just shared that they'd sold their house two weeks ago and they were uncertain about whether the buyer would you know buyer would come through and that meant a whole bunch of implications for them and you you just saw everyone in the chat bar saying praying for you you know really helpful to you know have you share that experience uh, so I think I think that's that's something you can do. What's what's another thing that worked as well on the weekend? Well, I think, you know, I don't like this stuff. So I say this, you know, having to kind of eat my words, I think the online chat during the live stream worked. Like no one's encouraged people to sit in church and kind of talk while the sermon's on. But in this kind of strange environment we're in, that chat bar, when I saw people connecting, making comments, you know, kind of amens from the audience, that kind of, what you would do in church, the equivalent of kind of a knowing nod or a knowing smile of a person sitting next to you, to connect with other people in that moment to hear God's word preached or something happened, we need to create ways in which that happens real time in those things. I think I found that when I saw communities doing that, that was a powerful moment of connection in a technology of disconnection. So the technology kind of worked to connect them on that. So I think the live, the live chat was good. That was, that was my conversation in the afternoon. I, went, I, I caught up with our, my community group. We didn't get a chance to meet this week. And so we uh, went to the park we again modeled physical distancing we we said i don't think i've sat in a picnic that far apart from everybody um you know in a in a while um and we all had our own pack you know it was, it was just we all had our own packets of food we all had poppers and you know separate drinks and things like that it was it was quite interesting to see how people quickly you know pivoted to get that done but the conversation was around that chapter you know we were we were waiting for like Alan, Alan, Kathy. I go to church with Alan, Kathy. They were down in Victoria waiting for a plane. I was South Australia waiting for a plane, but they were in live stream. And then, you know, other people got in and they were interacting with their experience down there. It, it actually it was actually really quite a, uh, a helpful thing to bring people together, even though we were uh, far apart. What about music? Uh, you know, how did, how did, how does music help with intimacy connection? Yeah. I want to tread really lightly 
because I, I am not <laughs> musical. I learned the organ for six years in high school. That's about it. There's an I. This here was my observation that I do wonder. We've got a dynamic. We've got a whole bunch of people usually in churches involved in music. So it is going to be hard to say to them, "Hey, we're going to pair this back," because you're removing opportunities for them to serve. But the uh, live streams that I saw, where music was much more intimate, that kind of acoustic set happening, uh, drew me in, helped me feel like I was actually there and could engage with it in some way. I do wonder whether, in this environment, rather than the big band approach where it feels like I'm sitting at the back as a spectator, that the small acoustic set might be helpful for me to. So chatting, yeah, chatting my wife who, chatting with my wife who's a music teacher. She, you know, her comment uh, was, you know, really wanting to see people's faces, and and actually just like just like you would in a normal church service, you want to you want to see the 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 singer, so you can know when to come in and when to not come in. Uh, likewise, I think our musos, as always, have that great response of really leading and modelling to us, you know, responding to God in, you know, responding to God together in song, and so. I think cam, you know, camera angles that were closer and sharper were quite helpful. But I spoke to my sister. She goes to church in Canberra. You know, the response of a lot of people, they, you know, I, I quickly said to her, look, you had a really wide angle. And, uh, and I thought it would have been better to go close. Was Actually, a lot of people really enjoyed the wide angle. It was like they were in church. Um, you know, and, I, and I noticed on the weekend at the, um, the AFL and the NRL, well, the, the NRL had a stand cam. You know, so it actually had a cameraman in the stand and you could, on, you know, on KO, you could switch into being actually in the stands and watching it, you know, as if you, as if you were there, you know. And so, so you could see even the AFL and the NRL were trying to, they were trying to create the experience of you actually being in the ground whilst not being in the ground. So there was, uh, you know, there is, again, pros and cons, but just from a, being able to sing and sing well, uh, I think, you know, closer up and intimate is, is probably more helpful. There are a lot of churches that, um, you know, really paid attention to the aesthetics of the spaces. I saw lots of, you know, couches and lights and, um, you know, people put, um, you know, uh, bookshelves in the background. They, they, they create these elaborate sets. How, how important, you know, is all, is all that? Oh, look, I think it's probably more important than most, most of us think, particularly in the current environment and with this meeting. If I'm talking to you, like we're talking to you, in your background, I can see your roof and my background, you can see my kids' drawings, my wife. And I can see far too much of your chest. I, that's what I want to say. Far too much of your chest. Can you Lurry hint yourself? of chest hair. Um, <laughs> anyway, we, we, when, when we're talking like this, no problem. But I wonder whether in order to help people stay engaged, we do need to pay a bit of attention and get people who, who are good at thinking through this to pay attention to what the setup looks like when we do it. So, you know, it is those questions, where are you going to preach from? How are you musicians to be set up? What's the background? Is it hard to look at? Is it grating to look at? Is there enough lighting? That's, oh, I just think that was a key question. If there's not enough lighting, everything might look great, but it might be so distracting for people watching. So that is an area I think you have to pay attention to. And if I remember rightly from your comments, Scott, you need to wear as many checks as possible. <laughs> yeah, be thoughtful about what you wear in terms of your shirt. So there are a number of, there are a number of church leaders who wear checks, doesn't work well. So just simple colours uh, are quite helpful. So whites and blues and blacks, but only wear black if you, don't, if you don't have a black screen. But yeah, we've got to be thoughtful about that. Now, I just want to press into one final area because we're, we're getting to our 15 minutes. And I know there's lots of people out there who just want us to speak more. There's a lot of people <laughs> who think 15 minutes is enough. So, um, and you know who you are, the people who want us to speak longer. Uh, kids. 
uh, what about kids? Now, uh, I spent a bit of time with our kids, uh, kids worker, uh, getting him set up online with a couple of volunteers. A couple of things that I could say just as a parent, you want to make it simple and easy for parents to be able to, you know, click on and, uh, and access, you know, access their time uh, in kids' church. Uh, I, think, I think kids' church is, a re- is going to be really tough because our kids, uh, you know, are in a, an online environment and they're exposed to so much good quality, well, good content that's of a high quality uh, every day. And, uh, you know, I, I realised that I, I pulled the kids together to watch a coronavirus video done by Operation Ouch on, um, on Saturday. Uh, and and even, even, there, you know, even then, that was done kind of quickly. It wasn't as good as their normal show. But they'd still given a whole bunch of attention into how they how they questioned the kids and got the kids involved in it, and then how they communicated the information across. So kids ministry, as always, you know, is going to be uh, is going to be vital and important. Um, so there were a number of churches doing a number of different things, and I I think um, I think one of the key things that I thought found found helpful was it was great to see my kids worker speak to me as a parent and then speak to the kids. So I think as much as possible, just like. Just like we need to hear from our pastors, kids need to hear from their pastors as well. And so I think an opportunity, you know, for the kids minister in the service to be able to actually speak to the kids, I think is really vital. Uh, now, we, as always, we're a part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. Uh, we just want to give a shout out. Uh, they're, they're doing some excellent stuff on COVID as well. Uh, so can I, can I point you towards a small groups uh, podcast uh, with Greg Surratt? Uh, they've got some help, really helpful resources there. Thinking about, well, how do you do small groups online? So go and check, uh, check out that. Uh, they, as always, you know, quite thoughtful about how to uh, how to do that well, and they've pivoted really quickly to think about how to do it in an online environment as well. So some great resources there. Uh, finally, we'll point you to this uh, first week reflections article as well in the podcast show notes. As always, we'd love to hear from you as well. So please uh, reach out and share with us. Uh, any questions that you've got uh, over this week, we're probably going to be speaking to you a bit more regularly than we ordinarily would. Uh, but we want to do that so that you have an opportunity to have conversation starters with your staff team uh, and an opportunity for uh, you to reflect on, on church and this new environment. I'm Scott Sanders. I'm Derek Hanna. Chat soon. Oh.